I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. This week, we are getting in touch with our our inner Jedi selves, and we are going to take a deep look at the short six-episode series that is Tales of the Jedi. Uh, but before we get to that, let me introduce who's going to help me break down each tale and tell you what we liked and didn't like and what we want to see uh, from future seasons. First up, my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the talk nerdy to me network, Commander Scott. So I recently heard about something that I think is just hilarious as shit. Um, apparently back in the in the early 1930s, mm-hmm. um, Australia declared war on the emu. <laughs> I was waiting for this to come up. Um, first yeah. of all, when you said you you learned something recently, I was like, "Oh, did you just learn they made a Weird Al movie?" Because you know you're always behind, huh? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, UHF? Yeah, I'm not about no, 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 no. <laughs> Man, we're gonna blow your mind later. Okay, anyway, Scott, <laughs> Australia declared anyway, war yes, on so, the yes, emu. They declared war on the emu. It's it's known as the emu war. war uh, so basically. So basically, uh, the, to break this down, because there's a lot of information here, and I don't want to keep us for like an entire. I don't want to hijack the entire show just for this nerd fact. But I know you're that, saying there, if this nerd fact is popular, there might be an entire spinoff episode. But, but there, 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 there are some people out there I know that sometimes think I spend too, too much time on the nerd facts, and I don't try. To... And we, we tell them to unsubscribe <laughs> and throw their computer in a lake. No, no, it's okay. Um, anyway, uh, basically, after World War One, you know, a lot of ex-soldiers uh, were enticed to become farmers, you know, with the promise of gov- government subsidies and everything, and not all of those subsidies were delivered, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but with the Depression in full swing, you know, in the United States and everything, and, and, and economy being what it was, going into 1929 and 20,000 plus emus basically began to migrate from the interior of Australia back to the coast after breeding season, but they found all these newly cultivated lands of these wheat farmers. Okay. And they're like, they, there's cleared fields, there's fields of wheat, there's, there's, there's new uh, water supplies 
everything. It was a perfect habitat. They're like, we are in pig heaven, you know, here. And so they basically started eating crops and destroying fences, which led to like other vermin, such as rabbits and stuff, compounding the problem. And so a committee of these ex-soldier farmers were elected to take their concerns uh, to the Minister of Defense. And basically, having served in World War I, they were well aware of the effectiveness of machine guns, and they requested <laughs> their employment to the emu problem. <laughs> I just want you to pause, because in my head, all I can picture is that scene from Tremors 2, where Burt Gummer comes rolling up in the deuce and a half. <laughs> it's like the entire Mexican army opens up its armory, and you took two assault rifles and just throws back the curve. That's, that's all I'm picturing I'm at right now. It's just these, these, these super excited Australians and be like, yeah, we'll take care of that for you. <laughs> well, so uh, the, the minister of the, the minister of defense agreed. And basically he, he, he said, we'll do this un, under the following conditions. One is that the machine guns, which were Lewis guns, by the way, um, which is a World War One U.S.-made gun that was never employed by the United States Army. It was, it was employed primarily by the British during World War. Jay knows all about the Lewis gun. We know about the Lewis gun. Yeah, we talked about that back when we used to watch Tales of the Gun on History Channel. Ah, I thought that was the show. Show is what we were. Now the Lewis gun was in there too. That's the one that they use in like the biplanes where you load yep. uh, and like yeah. a circular yeah. magazine on the top yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That's yeah, as soon as he said Lewis, as soon as he said Lewis gun, I knew immediately what he was talking about. Yeah. But then I was just confused why I no. Knew we did talk about the show show, yes. Yes. That's also for a different episode. Sorry. Well, anyway, so uh the conditions were that the Lewis gun would only be um uh employed by military personnel. Um uh, and that the transport of the troops, their food and ammunition would be provided by the farmers. Um, so once again, there's a lot of stuff here, but so it was, it was uh, major. Um, when Purvis, I, I can't pronounce this name. When Aubrey Meredith of the seventh heavy battery of the Royal Australian artillery along with two other soldiers, Sergeant S. McMurray and Gunner J. O'Halloran, armed with two Lewis guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition, were deployed to deal <laughs> with these emus. Uh, the operation was initially delayed. Uh, it was supposed to begin in October of 32. It was initially delayed by a period of heavy rainfall, which caused the emu to scatter over a wider area. Uh, the rain they cut ceased. the power. How can they cut the power, man? They're animals. <laughs> the rain ceased on November second, nineteen thirty-two. Whereupon the troops were deployed with orders to assist farmers, and according to newspaper accounts, collect one hundred emu skins so that their feathers could be used to make hats for light light horsemen. And I want my scalps. So on, on, uh, on November 2nd, they traveled to Campion, where some 50 emus were sighted. As the birds were out of range of guns, local settlers attempted to herd the emu into an ambush. But the birds split into smaller groups and ran. The birds, they were difficult to target. The birds are located here and here. We will outflank them with locals here and drive them into our Lewis guns. Questions? <laughs> Uh, so, 
the so the first fuselage, the first engagement was uh, widely ineffective due to range. Uh, however, the second round of gunfire did manage to kill a number of birds, um, perhaps a dozen or so. Uh, the next significant event was on the fourth of November. Uh, they had established an ambush near a local dam, where and more than one thousand emu were spotted heading toward their position. This time, the gunners waited until the birds were in close proximity before opening fire. Don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes, boys. The gun jammed <laughs> after only 12 birds were killed and the remainder scattered before any more could be shot. Oh, 12. no. They got 12. Wily birds. Yes. <clears throat> yes. It's, it continues. Report. Sergeant, report. Of- but it continues this way. There was a second attempt uh, going on on the 12th of November. And, and, and in all honesty, the aftermath, despite the problems encountered with the call, farmers of the region once again requested military assistance in 1934, 1943, and 1948. Australia lost the emu war. Huh. Wars. Wars. Yes. <laughs> they were they now, were effective. I I want a tattoo of an emu wearing like an old school World War II helmet with a stogie <laughs> ca- carrying like a Tommy gun. <laughs> and yes. just underneath it, it says war is hell. Yes. By, <laughs> uh, by December of 32, word of the emu war, war had spread, reaching the United Kingdom. Some con- uh, uh, Some conservationists there protested the call as, quote, Extermination of the rare emu, unquote. You keep using this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then of course they eventually, eventually they, went to, they went to different fencing and and stuff. To, to, they to... taught the emus how to fence. No, no, <laughs> no, no, not that kind of fence. Eventually, they had oh, to. Oh, oh. They called the United States, who brought in some close air support. Uh, (laughs) AC-130 Spectre gunship, A-10 Warthogs, few Apache helicopters. In in, Uh, in what year was this, Jay? (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought, okay. No, my bad. (laughs) Is this war not still going on? (laughs) So, so yes. Nowadays, the Australian government uses their Predator drone. (laughs) In the 1930s, Australia went to war, albeit briefly, with the emu and lost. Well, you know, Scott, the nice. emu is the descendant of the Velociraptor. So, <laughs> clever girls. Yep. If they only that had is, Chris sorry, Pratt, Hunter, sorry. they should have had Chris Pratt. That's what they need. <laughs> if only he'd been on Trainer. Uh, no, what I they want, what they needed. Want... Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say what they needed is a drunk Robert Muldoon with a rocket launcher. There you he'd go. Take now, care you're talking, of a lot now you're things. talking. Uh, I want a movie of this, like now. Oh, uh, I, I have a side thing. There's a there's a oh. there's a movie Uh-oh. there's a movie that we need. Okay, there's is it movie. about the emu wars in Australia? It's Otherwise, I don't care. About the emu wars. Sorry, it's it's not. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh crap! Hang on. Um, okay. Uh, give me just one second here. It's 
So I recently learned uh, that there's... No, 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 no. You only get one nerd fact in episode, Scott. No, no. It's, no, it's not a nerd fact. <laughs> this is not a nerd fact. Uh, okay. No, this is not get, a nerd fact. You, you got to find our new intro for it then. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, just, it just hit me that there's a, there's, there's a Western that... Uh-huh. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Latino uh, John Voight? No, no. Uh, Whirlwind from... Uh, um, uh, Whiplash from uh, um, Iron Man Two. Um, um, Mickey yeah. Rourke. Mickey there Rourke. you go. Yeah. So there's a western. Okay. Uh, that Mickey Rourke plays a Mexican in. Huh. And and and, and I'll I'll find the information later. But I want Mexican Mickey Rourke and Latino John Voight in a movie together. Can we make it a trilogy yeah. and get Navajo Joe Burt Reynolds? Yes. Yes, okay. we can. Sweet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Nice. Go in the Wayback Machine and get Asian uh, uh, John Wayne. Oh, wow. No, no one needs Asian <laughs> No. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Asian Sean Connery? Uh, that might work. Uh, Maybe, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the, the Last Outlaw, 1993. You need to look that up. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott. Um, and also shout out to Jacob. Uh, that one was for you, bud. Thank you, sir. Uh, you've done a great service. Anytime you want to tell Scott about other crazy wars against animals, you, you let him know. Uh, they'll, they'll end up on the show sooner or later. Um, so, uh, routing out this terrible trio. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space. I don't know why I said somewhere. Joining us from exactly the Emu Wars in Australia. <laughs> Because he just found out about it and went to go visit. He brought them some presents. <laughs> Joining us via the DeLorean, it's the Doc. I, I taught them how to fence. They, taught you they have rapiers and cutlasses. Yeah. It's, There's it's, a rapier it's emu? <laughs> Who's the rapiest emu? Sorry. 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 That's Sorry. a character joke. Yeah. <laughs> Carl. Carl. I don't... Carl. I don't need no instructions to know how to rock. Uh, <laughs> just hit him with the shampoo. Damn it. Now all I can think of is Carl quotes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I saw this extension cord coming from my house to your house. And your house was glowing like the freaking sun. So uh, I put two and two together there and figured out that uh, you're pissing me off. <laughs> so you stay over there, fry man. I just yeah. want to watch that again just for Carl. How about you don't get in the pool, <laughs> Meatwad? Uh, this is better. This is better than what I was going to do. Okay. <laughs> Good old what were Carl. you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now okay. I'm thinking about Carl. My favorite right. is hit him with the shampoo. <laughs> don't worry about it. If they come to you, just hit him with the shampoo. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Look at the size of this thing. Jay, uh, you're missing a classic uh, cosplay, sir. I need, I need, <laughs> oh, I need you as Carl at LCTC 2023. That'd be so easy because all you need yep. is a white T-shirt, some yep. gray sweatpants, and some flip flops, sandals. Yep, some flip flops. We'll get you some cardboard cutouts of the the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It'll be great. And um, and do <laughs> do the mustache. <laughs> Oh, good old Carl. He's Sorry, Megan. <laughs> all right, so we're all here. 
uh, what the fuck we're talking about this week? Oh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, the latest Star Wars series that kind of just got lost in the shuffle because uh, it came out right during Andor, and that's all I'd be able to talk about right now. But we're not talking about Andor yet. We're here to talk about Tales of the Jedi, the yeah, I, limited I, series. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I love that little hedgehog. You know, uh, Scott, yeah, for like yeah. the 18th time, T-A-L-E-S, Tales, not not T-A-I-L-S. It's not a creature with a tail. It's a it's not, story. It's not, it's not the hedgehog from Sonic? The little no. no. No, Sonic not, is the hedgehog. Tails is a fox. Tails is a fox? Yeah. Yeah, with two tails. Oh, I, thought the they were all, I thought they were all hedgehogs in, in that in the, in the in that game series. No, no, no. So, so it's so it's it's Twi'lek Jedi's with the head tails. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Closer. We'll take that. <laughs> head um, tails of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. We're here to talk about head tails of the Jedi. Um, it's a six episode limited series on Disney Plus, focusing more or less on Ahsoka. Because Dave Filoni uh, and uh, the part I think we all probably found more interesting, uh, but we'll get to that, was uh, focusing on uh, uh, Count Dooku uh, prior to him uh, uh, going full evil. Um, but I think the best way to do this, because it's short, and I'll say this, the longest episode in this six episode series is 19 minutes. Uh, you can watch the entire thing in under two hours, which JJ did just the other day. Uh, thanks for that, Jay. Appreciate that. Uh, so we're just going to take it episode by episode and we'll talk about what did we like about that episode? What didn't we like about that episode? And then at the end of the show, we'll hypothesize on, uh, if there is a season two, cause they haven't said yes or no on that. Uh, what w- would we like to see in more tail? Sorry, more head tales of the Jedi. Uh, so please God, no, that's my, please God. No. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, we'll start with episode one, entitled Life and Death. Um, yeah, what did you guys think about the worst episode of the series? Yes. Why? I mean, the first, sorry, the first episode. No, of the no, series. you had it right. It's the worst episode of the series. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, look, a little girl Jedi was born. Oh, it's okay. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, okay. So, so sorry. Here, sorry. Here, 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 spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts, everybody who hasn't seen it. Ahsoka Tano was born. <gasps> what? Oh my God, I, I would have never Jesus. realized she had a birth. And, 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 did you know? She has the force. Oh, yo, yeah. Really? Oh I know, God. right? You're just, you're just, you're just spoiling it for everybody. Her whole character makes so much more sense now, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, um, I, the entire Clone Wars figuring she didn't exist, had no birth, and didn't have Force powers. So I was amazed that she became a Jedi. She had so much to overcome, but no, it just it's clearly right there. She was born and had Force powers. So yeah, the first episode, um, literally, we see. Well, we don't even see. We hear the birth of Ahsoka. And then we cut to when she's one year old and her mom takes her hunting. Because, Jay, you take one-year-olds hunting all the time, right? Yes. That's a practical thing people do. It's not It's not weird or impractical. It's not, right. not borderline child abuse to take your kid out hunting strapped to your chest. No, it's fine. Okay. And you just turn okay. their head away when you shoot. It's right. Fine. But then turn their head back to watch you stab so you the deer. I turn it. their head away. Yeah, don't watch me shoot it, but, but watch, watch me, me stab it. it. Right. 
Okay. I really, really was trying to find some positives in this episode. Um, and, and I couldn't. I'm sorry. Um, look, this is this. this all I can think of is so I know this whole series came about because uh, apparently on his his commute to set during Mando season one, Dave Filoni had all these little random ideas for oh that'd be kind of a cool story, oh that'd be kind of a cool story, and none of them alone were big enough to do as like its own project. So this that's how Tales of the sorry Head Tales of the Jedi came to be. Uh, it was just a bunch of sort of shorts and one shots of of small stories he wanted to tell. Okay, yeah. fine. That um, being said, I don't know what in this we needed to know. Nothing. nothing. Or, or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, so what? What kills me with this episode? You know, if if you want to, you so it, it's it's clear that he takes all these little stories that he has, and he's like, let's let's just do a a, a quick overall that fills in a lot of gaps. You know, there's a lot of little things between things here. This 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 transitions to that. Okay. Cool. I got no problem with that. And obviously, you know, you've got Ahsoka in there. I love Ahsoka. Uh, I wish she would just completely replace Luke, but that's a whole different thing to me. Um, um, so you want to start at the beginning. And where's the beginning? Well, obviously, it's Ahsoka's birth. Okay, cool. You, you want to do that. Fine. Let's throw out the fact that, you know, all of that is, we know it. We, we know it because we've seen the character. So, I just wish it, it, it just kills me that is that that whole cliched thing of she gets taken by the the alpha predator and she's able to touch it with the force and make friends with it. And and, you know, the and as we're getting ready to go out and find her, oh, look, she comes she comes riding back into town on the animal that she instinctually made friends with through the force. Like like it's it's just so cliched. It's not funny. Well, now, see, that was the one nice thing I was going to say is it does give us a cool new force power, which is the um, hold on. I have it written down here. <clears throat> Jedi force nose boop. If you're being attacked by an animal and you're a Jedi, you can just boop its nose <laughs> with, with the force. Just boop. Uh, and it will stop. Attacking. You're you're right, because we haven't already seen a Jedi make a connection with an animal through the Force. Uh, uh, in uh, show. We didn't see a nose boop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Because this entire this entire six episode miniseries definitely was necessary on the entire whole. Hey Jay. Hey Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Boop. This this whole. <laughs> Jay, Jay, this whole nope, thing nope, super nope. necessary. Nope, Jay, it just had right. to be done. Nope, 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 nope. Jay, you have been forced nose booped. John, I'm gonna need you to roll uh, for the execution of that force power. Jay, I'm gonna need you to roll a resistance. I don't have a dice out. Just roll for me, Jeez. All right, hang on. What do I have to roll? Doesn't matter. He's gonna roll for you. All right. John, you got a 17. Sweet. I got a... You did. Jay, we're rolling your resistance. All I, right. I got a... You're resistant. Resistance is futile. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, we got a tie, ladies and gentlemen. He rolled a 17 as well. 
I demand on, a re-roll. I had a D20 on, in my hand. It's rigged. Hey, no, excuse me. This is Star Wars, sir, which means we use the only Star Wars game that is worthy of being a Star Wars the RPG. 3D6 wild the, die thing. But the D6 with a wild die, no, no one, neither of you rolled a 6 on your wild die. So, But you both got a 17. Jay, you were able to resist the Jedi nose boop. The Force is strong with this one. <clears throat> Yes, because, sorry, I'm just addressing the elephant in my own room of the fact that I saw absolutely no necessity to this series whatsoever. You've and made it that... added nothing. I disagree. It added with that. absolutely nothing. It added okay, Jay, absolutely Jay, Jay, nothing. I disagree with that. Just, just put it, it put, added put, nothing. Put, put a pin there. We'll come back to that. Uh, I get you want to jump to summarizing the whole series, but we, we have five more episodes to go through. Oh, uh, Lord. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. Let's move on so, to the next episode. The the only thing I can think of for this episode, well, number one, um, maybe in the Ahsoka series she'll visit her home planet, so maybe this will have some kind of payoff at some point. I don't know, um, but that's the only thing. While watching this, I was like, so is this just set up for the Ahsoka series, or because again, Dave Filoni isn't usually a guy that tells stories that have no point. There's usually some point to it. Uh, it's setting up something or paying off something or exploring something. There's usually some reason for it. Um, or Dave Filoni has just hit that level of influence within Lucasfilm that he can just do whatever the hell he wants. And if we have to put up with ding, one... Ding, ding, ding. Okay. If we have to put up with one 20-minute self-indulgent episode about the birth of Ahsoka to get more seasons of Mando... Fine. Okay, cool. We'll take it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, ultimately, I, I agree. I like, in my opinion, Dave Filoni and stuff has done more good for Star Wars than anything he has. So if he wants, if he wants a completely pointless episode for Ahsoka, fine, take it. I, I probably, I'm, I'm not going to rewatch it. Obviously, if I, yeah. if I do a rewatch of this series, I'll start with episode two. Yep. Um, but um, uh, you know, uh, I've got a T-shirt that says "In Filoni We Trust." <laughs> it's a great shirt. I still, I still stand by that. All right, moving on uh, to episode two, where the series really gets going. Uh, episode two is called Justice, where we meet uh, Qui Gon Jinn as a, a Padawan and his master Dooku, still as a Jedi. Um, they are sent to a planet to look into a kidnapping of a senator's son, and not all is as it seems. I know what Jay is going to say. So, Scott, what did you think of this episode? Well, so I actually really liked this episode um, because I, I, I liked seeing Dooku with, with Qui-Gon and everything. However, um, I think this episode, I, I, I'm coming from a biased opinion because uh, I've, I've read the book. That, that covers uh, uh, that, that covers some of the time of, of um, Qui Gon with Dooku, where mm-hmm. where Qui Gon starts to learn about the the prophecies, right, and stuff. And I think this episode marries with with that book very well. So I'm a I'm a little biased okay. because I've got an extra context. To apply to it that I think most people don't have. Fair enough. You know? Well, as someone who didn't have that extra context, I loved this episode. 
because it, as soon as we saw the trailer and we saw that we were going to get Qui-Gon as a Padawan and Dooku when he's still a member of the Jedi Order, I was like, yes, that looks awesome. I'm all in for that. What do you got? Give me more. Um, and I thought this episode was great throughout. First of all, the characterizations of both Qui-Gon, even though he's younger, and Dooku uh, were were fantastic. I love that we see, or even early on, you know, Dooku is is quick to intimidate and push his weight around. Like when he walks into the town and, and they're trying to find information on where the kidnapped kid is, very much like a gunslinger walking into the Old West, he throws his lightsaber right on the table. Yep. Like just as a sheer form of intimidation to, to, to get everyone scared, he's happy to do that to get what he wants, which is very un-Jedi like. Um, and then we see that that thread play out throughout this whole episode, uh, where we get to the end and he literally is force choking the senator, pulling him towards him with his lightsaber up, you know, above his head, about to strike the guy down. Like he has no qualms using intimidation and violence and and you can say okay he's jedi like in that he didn't start the fight but he's damn sure about to finish the fight um and then we see qui-gon intervene by finding a peaceful resolution to the conflict and and literally stopping his master from from killing him and then you get a a brief moment of kind of realization from dooku where he he says to qui-gon you're a wiser man than i am uh, because you were able to find a peaceful resolution to this uh you start to see that respect and admiration uh, he has for Qui-Gon sort of building a bit all in a very short amount of time, um, which I think is something that, that Filoni does great with this kind of um, uh, um, can't think of words format. Uh, we got a lot of information very quickly. Uh, I, I love it. Sorry. Does my what? Yeah, no, I, I like this episode. Um, I, I thought it, 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 it brought us into some of the characterizations uh, and everything that we see, it adds a lot of context to to later on. Um, personally, I think this was one of the, and I know I know we're not talking about overviews right now, but I think this is one of the the shortcomings of of this series. Um, is that we see only really, really only one episode that's 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 focused on um, Dooku and Padawan Qui Gon. I'll give you, you know, that. It it, it 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 jumps past this point pretty quick. Yeah. Um, before we jump to that completely, because uh, I agree, I would have liked to see more of that. Um, uh, I lost my notes. Two things I want to say. So, number one, I love how um, we see Dooku, even as a Jedi, is dressed very regally for a Jedi. Um, sure, he's wearing Jedi robes, technically. Well, not robes, but the, the Jedi tunic, but he's still rocking the cape. And he's very well put together, uh, which is is contrasted beautifully by Qui-Gon, who comparatively looks pretty disheveled. Um, Like his clothes are falling off him. His neckline is drooping. Just the comparison of the two of them. Uh, Just their visual look, I thought was really cool. Uh, Maybe a nerd thing because I'm into cosplay, but I thought that was a great contrast. Even as a Jedi, when you're supposed to just, you know, wear simple clothing and robes and whatnot, uh, he's still rocking that cape and being like, no, no, I can still look fly. Because uh, as we know in Star Wars, capes are cool. Well, uh, and then, well, and it also comes back to the fact the whole count part. Like yep. he has a nobility title to him from his home planet and everything from before he became a Jedi. Um, personally, 
there is a lot more story to be mined from this character with both of these characters. I would love to see more. Um, yeah. Uh, the last part I want to bring up is this sets a, a dilemma that will kind of uh, stick in in the the back of the mind of Dooku going forward. And something is interesting that I you know hadn't stopped to think about, but it poses the question of. Do the Jedi really? Who are the Jedi serving? Are they are they serving the Republic? Are they serving the people? Are they just there to help enforce the senators? What really is the role of the Jedi? And that's something we'll explain through the next couple of episodes, or explore through the next couple of episodes. Oh, excuse me, because in in when they first come to town, people are assumed they're there as you know the foot soldiers of the senator to bring his son back to. Him. Yeah. And that they don't care about the people, and, and that will that will carry forward. But yeah. this is the first time we see that question posed, and that was the first time I really thought about it. And that's really interesting. In that sense, we get a little more time to explore it. But that I think you could you could explore more from a, again if you want to do more stories with these two. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Okay. So Jay, tell us why you hate it. Oh, sorry. Is it is it my turn now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Jay has nothing to say, so on to the next episode. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> Look, I have nothing against the animation. I have nothing against the way they portrayed these characters. I have nothing against the writing. I just don't see the point. I don't. I don't see the point. Hey, we already know that Qui-Gon is Dooku's Padawan. We know that. Yeah. We already knew that. That was already established. Yes, if you want to explore more of them as Padawan and Master, then explore that through a more fleshed out series than a one-off just, hey, look, check this out. Like, hey, remember Qui-Gon? But that's that's, what what I'm saying. This this episode gives us character context, character development. uh, What context? What what context? Do I need from this episode that Obi that Qui Gon was Dooku's Padawan, which I already no. knew that Dooku's a bad guy, that he's not exactly the best person on the pl- in the world. Is that the context I needed? No. So you don't the want context further, I needed. That, so you don't want any further stories with these characters at all. You is, don't care. You know context, everything you need to know the about con- these characters. Is the context? No, no. You just said if you wanted to explore that, more okay, with these characters, that's cool. Resolu- resolution. No, no, yeah, no. Flesh no. out an entire series. No. This is a one. This was a sixteen-minute okay. episode. A sixteen-minute episode where you're like, "Oh, hey, check so, this out." So, so, in order, in, in order for it to to get your seal of approval, it has to be a full series dedicated to just these characters. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. No, to we get my seal of, to get my we can't have my seal else. of approval. If it's just can, sixteen can, minutes, can I? Could I express a full thought without being interrupted? No, probably not. Possible? No, no. Because I, I mean, I would appreciate to have my opinion heard instead of just being interrupted constantly. All right, go ahead. Okay, if you want my approval for this, you're not going to get it. Okay, the reason is I before when it was announced that it was coming out, I didn't see the point of it. Then when I find out that it's six short episodes, there's nothing that was included in any of these stories to me that really 
propelled Star Wars lore moving forward that I already could not get that information from what's already been provided. There is no new thing given to me that I was like, oh, this I find interesting. Okay, that's kind of neat. Nothing for nothing like that happened in any of these episodes for me. It was two hours of here's another story. Uh, hang oh, on. here's hang another on. Wait, story. Wait, hang on. Wait, time. Sorry. Time. We're talking about this one episode, not the series as a whole. I it, the, they tie together. It's it's one and the same to me. It's not yes, this one episode. What are we gonna because if you want to talk about the series as a whole, was Dooku's. Uh, okay, so I mean, if if you want to talk about the series as a whole, then you 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 have nothing against you, you don't give a shit about the Yaddle story, like that's that's completely yeah fuck that I don't need to know about that you don't you don't no you don't I don't anything I didn't about care. The practice makes perfect, which is arguably the best episode in this series, which just gives us an awesome awesome context to uh clone wars season seven can i can i can i tag in real quick here i'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna i'm gonna try to be qui-gon and find a peaceful resolution to this uh before the force joking starts i think what jay's trying to get at is He's not so much a fan of going back and exploring stories that have already been completed. He was more looking for something that like shed new light on stuff we've already seen, but maybe put it into a new context or progressed the overall, if you can call it that storyline of Star Wars forward, where the series was more about looking backward and and spending some time in some of the unexplored areas, the the gaps between movies and whatnot. Uh, and and telling sort of quick one-off tales that kind of help explore some characters further. So I think, other than Jade didn't really care for the the whole premise of the show, and I think that was just because he he it didn't appeal to him because he he didn't didn't really care about going back and looking at characters whose stories have already completed. Is that is that somewhere in the neighborhood of what you were going for, Jay? What I'm saying is what needed to be explored. What do you actually need to explore about it? What what purpose did it serve? What purpose did saying, hey, this one thing happened between Qui-Gon Jinn and Count Dooku one time back when Qui-Gon Jinn was Dooku's Padawan, what is so important about that that we had to make an episode about it? So that episode introduces the, the again, it goes to the storyline of Dooku, which if you don't care about Dooku because he's dead, then I can't convince you it's worth anything. But it fleshes out his character and why it is he eventually left the Jedi Order and turned to the dark side because this is Which the first time. This is, let me, hey, 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 let me finish. It's oh, the first God, sure. time he gets that seed planted that the senators and the Senate and the Republic are not the thing he thinks it is and that people are abusing that system and that he is part of the the corrupt system. That's what this episode is about. It's about planting that seed in Dooku's head that I am part of a corrupt system. Go ahead. Well, and also, if I can interject, it also uh, answers the question, in my opinion, it answers the question that was posed in episode two when Dooku is adamant that if Qui-Gon Jinn was still around, he would side with him. 
And uh, Obi-Wan is like, Qui-Gon would never side with you. This answers the question, who would uh, Qui-Gon side with? Qui-Gon would probably side with nobody. He would find an, an amicable solution to everything because he's a wiser man than everybody involved, which is why he's the only Jedi that has, or the first Jedi, actually, not only, first Jedi that came back. And you could ex- extrapolate and say that's 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 why um, Palpatine gave him all the go ahead to kill him. Because if, which again comes up in a later episode, but if Palpatine really thought maybe we could sway Qui Gon to our side, he would probably would have left him alive. But he's like he's never going to, and he's going to derail all my plans. So kill him. Yep. But should we move on to episode three or? Okay, episode three, Buddy Cop, uh, Dooku and Mace Windu go on a case together. Uh, we got to see... Good. Well, so this this is the one that, that, that actually um, finally gives us some sort of context and resolution to the Sifo-Dyas stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, story that's not needed. We know Sifo-Dyas dies. What the fuck do we need this episode for? Sifo-Dyas is dead. He made the clones. Fucking move on. Actually, I think... No, it's sorry. Beginning of episode four is when we see that, I think, Scott. Beginning of four? Maybe. My notes are messed up. Uh, so the three is choices where Mace Windu and Duke could go off to a Jedi has been killed in the, the field and they go off to explore. Um, they're just supposed to pick up the body, but Duku insists on investigating how the Jedi was killed, which is what leads them to, to it kind of repeats more of, of the, the, the thing from the previous episode of yeah, yeah. the people on this planet um, are fed up with the, 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 the Republic yep. and they see the Jedi as just lap dogs. They flat out call them lap dogs of the Senate. Yeah. Um, and we see Dooku talking with the um, the head guard who led this rebellion and kind of sympathizing. He says, "Yeah, your your I forget the exact quote, but your uh, your ideas are sound, but your execution was stupid." Yeah. Um, and we see then uh, Mace is uh, elected to the council, and Dooku sees that as a direct, you know, because Mace is just falling in line with what the council says. They're promoting him while he keeps going against the the council, so he's he's not. Um, but then, yeah, I believe, yeah, beginning of episode four, it's called the Sith Lord, uh, fills in that blank of, of Sifo DS and yeah. erasing, um, um, Kamino from the Jedi archives. That, that lingering plot hole from episode two is, is finally yeah. answered. But, but once again, you know, uh, Dooku's a bad guy. We know that. We don't need to know anything about why he's a bad guy or how he falls from the Jedi word. Eh, none of that's necessary. That's just, We did get to see a Jedi Temple burial in Episode Three. That was interesting. Uh, you still get cremated, but apparently they just like flap you with a giant lightsaber in the floor. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I dig it. Uh, so yeah, Sith Lord uh, is probably the biggest because we get yeah. So right off the bat, we get um, um, Dooku um, using Sifo Diaz's code. Uh, access code to erase Camino from the Jedi archives, and yep. then we go in from that 
to um, uh, um, he runs in with uh, Qui Gon yep. right after Qui Gon has faced uh, Darth Maul, and then we come out of that and we get uh, Yaddle, uh, voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, um, and I think we then cut to credits and we cut right after that to right after Qui Gon's been killed, and that's sort of. At least the way this is set up to is is the the death of Qui Gon and the Council's failure to yeah. listen to him is what cements Dooku uh, saying "fuck this noise" and leaving the uh, the order. Yeah, th- this episode. Yeah, this episode, in, in my opinion, is the best episode of the series. It, it literally it gives us a lot of uh, context and 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 uh, it it solidifies a lot of plot holes. That were between you know, with episode one because it starts out right before episode one and jumps to right after episode one, uh, and and we finally get the Yaddle story, which was while interesting, I would have told it a little differently because, well, I mean, I get why he's telling it this because because Yaddle is very overconfident in in mm-hmm. in, in her approach. And it's it's very um, uh, ah, shit. What's the word? Uh, it's it, it, it's a metaphor. She in this episode is a metaphor of the Jedi Order in general because the Jedi Order is just very overconfident. They are they are very well entrenched in their own ability to just do. You know, they can't be challenged. That they are absolute, and she believes herself absolute. In this, which is why she doesn't leave in the multitude of chances that she has to get uh, backup. This episode is also full of. Um, so there's that infamous quote now from George Lucas when he's talking about uh, they're in prep for episode one and he's kind of breaking down the story with some people. Um, and he, he the quote is it's sort of like poetry they rhyme where he's talking about events in the prequels and and events to the original trilogy, which is that his intention. Uh, muddled, muddled as it may have gotten, is that the prequels should m- uh, mirror uh, uh, or rhyme the original trilogy in certain ways. And this episode is full of instances like that where they aren't flat out just repeating the same thing, but they're very similar callbacks. So like something as minor as when Palpatine is leaving the council to go off and meet with Palpatine, the sunset on Coruscant and that ominous music puts me right back into the headspace of Anakin leaving to go confront Palpatine in episode three. Mm. Um, then we get the whole Yaddle fight with Dooku, which is a very clear mirror to what will come in episode two, where he fights with Yoda. Um, only the, the only difference here is not only is it just because he's fighting and the only other person that species that we know of at this time period, but uh, he's fighting Yaddle while he's fighting internally with Yaddle's giving me an opportunity come back to the order we'll make this right so he's having that internal struggle of do I side go back to the Jedi or do I side with Palpatine who I've already been working for apparently for a while now so you get cool mirrors of my favorite movie Return of the Jedi where you see Dooku struggling between good and evil literally fighting against uh, a Jedi while Palpatine hooded stands in the background and just kind of eggs him on. Um, it, it, to me, that called back uh, to that, that climactic fight in Return of the Jedi with Luke and Vader and the Emperor doing the same thing. Um, and then we get a line from Dooku 
um, that again, I feel like mirrors uh, Anakin in episode three. He says, uh, I only want peace and order for the galaxy, which immediately brought to orders that, you know, or brought to mind uh, Anakin bragging to Obi-Wan it, towards the end of episode three. You know, I, I brought peace, justice, and order to my galaxy. And, um, this episode was full of little, like, like poetry, they rhyme kind of moments uh, that I love to see. I thought that was really good. And it does answer the big question, which I think was answered in, in extended canon at one point. But now officially we know canon. Well, what the hell happened to Yaddle between episode one and episode two? Um, but does also maybe bring up a plot hole, Scott? Yaddle speaks, but not in the weird backwards talk that Yoda does. So is Yoda just special? Well, uh... There, there have been a, there have been a lot of non-canical explanations for this mm-hmm. uh, over the years. One of the and, and one of the non-canical that I liked up until the High Republic stuff came out was that Yoda was so old that he was raised at a time when basic, like the the the, the speaking version of basic, was different because. Okay. If you look at English, if you actually went back in time to to medieval times, to, to you know to to medieval Europe, and you listened to English then, it does not sound like English today. I thought you were just saying we should go to medieval times, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" No, 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 no not, not oh, okay. the first okay. thing. If you actually went back in time to to the 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 medieval period, English does not sound did not sound like then what it sounds like today. Um, you would be hard pressed to understand English then. Okay. Uh, um, so it, one of the things, but High Republic has come out, mm-hmm. and people don't talk like that in High Republic. Now, well, still, so Yoda is nine hundred when he dies. He's nine hundred in Return of the in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, and and um. High Republic is 200 years before episode one. So that's still quite a lot. That's still, that's still a bit of a difference. Yeah. You, you could still argue that point. Yeah. I think that argument still holds water. I hadn't heard that before, but that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know Yaddle's age. There is nothing in context that gives us Yaddle's age. True. Okay. Well, there you go. Plot hole resolved. Uh, Jay, any other any Jay, thoughts to share about those two episodes? Jay's not talking, so uh, I, I'm gonna have to stop talking until Jay talks again. I, I do think it stopped a little short of. I thought we were gonna see do, uh, Palpatine name Dooku as Darth Tyrannus, but we, we stopped just short of that. <clears throat> any other thoughts about the Dooku stuff? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller. Jay. Jay, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay. Nothing nothing to add? Well, dissenting opinion is not allowed, so I, I'm fine with dissenting opinion, but is it gonna be about these specific episodes or the or the thing as a whole? I I don't I would, what do you want me to say about the specific episodes? Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've upset Jay. That's my, well, this, I, I I just don't understand. I 
I've expressed my opinion. My opinion is that I didn't see the point of it. And telling you what I thought of each episode is going to be the same thing. I enjoyed the animation. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the characterizations. I just don't see the point of it as a whole. That's it. That's my opinion. I don't see the point of it. I really don't. I, I'm looking at it through the lens of, yes, I'm a Star Wars fan. I am a Star Wars fan. It's true. But I don't have these same burning desire questions, apparently. I don't give a shit what happened to Yaddle between episode one and episode two. In fact, I don't even care that she's there in episode one. I'm like, oh, hey, check it out. George Lucas wanted to stick in another Yoda-looking character because people are like, oh, is Yoda the only one? Nah, here's this other one. So then people go crazy off of that one thing. I'm not that person. That's, that's, Dooku, he's dead now. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, his opinion on he's fighting for the wrong side, all of that is, it's not fleshed out entirely, but you get the gist of it in episode two if you watch it. Not just episode, like, episode okay. two in, like, the first part of episode three. Like, you don't learn much about Dooku in episode three because he dies right away. And you're like, oh, okay, now this is where Anakin's going to become the new apprentice. Okay, so, so, I'm, so I, I'm sorry. I have to ask a question because I'm me. Did, did you like the Luke Skywalker scene in Mandalorian season two? No, I I don't like the end that end scene. Yeah, like in the last. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But he's dead now, so it shouldn't matter. His death that's, is this, canon that's, on screen. Okay. That is a completely different okay. thing. Okay. That is I'm just entirely. Okay. Then it, you you can say that it's not different, but nope. it is. It's entirely I'm not different. Anything that actually. That actually progressed that story forward. Okay. I'm just going to ask. In the context of that series of, of shows. I'm just going to ask this. That's, that was. Imp- Sorry, I think we're getting some breakup issues. We are. What? Okay, what? so I, I think our, our, our audio was out of for a second. I just. Thank you for sharing your opinion on that. I, I, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just trying to say. Now that you've stated that as a whole, you weren't a big fan of this. Is there anything in this particular episode you found remotely entertaining? A line, a shot, anything at all. It's, it's entertaining to watch because it's Star Wars, but it's not, I just didn't care. Okay. I have, I had no emotional, like, I had nothing involved in this series. It, it there's nothing. Like it was nothing. I don't okay. know any other way to describe it. Okay. Okay. Uh, then we're gonna jump on uh, episode five. We leave Dooku behind and we circle back around to Ahsoka. Um, this episode is practice makes perfect. Scott, you said earlier it was your favorite episode. Tell me why. Well, so. This the Sith Lord and this one were my favorite two of my my favorite episodes of the series. Um, first of all, I, I like the Sith Lord because it does give us a lot of uh, you know uh, fill-ins you know between one and two that just my OCD brain 
Like, why is Seattle gone from one to two? I don't get it. And and like, there's stories that need to be told. And 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 this then, but practice makes perfect. Like, I love this episode. And, and and this episode does a time jump at the end of it to to give us the context of it does a few time jumps, yeah. Well, but literally, so the fact that Ahsoka survives Order sixty six is because Anakin trained her to survive Order sixty six. Now he wasn't intending to, of course. Um, my my favorite quote from yeah. Anakin to Ahsoka: "The best yeah. way I can protect you is to teach you to protect yourself." I love the way this is framed. So at the start of the episode, we're, we're I think it's right after the Clone Wars movie, um, and Ahsoka and Anakin still have a very standoffish relationship. Yes, Anakin seems very dismissive of Ahsoka. She seems very annoyed at his lack of of attention or caring. Um, yeah. But through the episode, um, we see that that's just it's just sort of Anakin's front. Um, he's not upset with Ahsoka. He's upset because he sees the test that she was just given as being pointless. That, that, that test didn't prove anything. You want a real test? Can we all give you a real test? Um, and, and you see what his actual intention is. It's, it's, he's not upset with Ahsoka. He's upset with, with this, this is a dumb test. Um, I do want to quickly plug Caleb Doom cameo. Uh, the, the small Padawan watching Ahsoka during her test. That's, that's, that's Caleb Doom, a.k.a. Kanan Jarrus. I saw it. That, I saw it. That 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 was my least favorite aspect of this episode. Well, you're dumb. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I I that's something I didn't care about because um I I I I don't I don't agree that like you know oh all these characters had to have like they they had to have crossed paths at some point. Oh look. Caleb Doom was in the the audience and during the Soka's thing. They've kind of not met, but they've been together before. Yeah, I don't need that shit. Listen, we had the character models already in the system, okay? So we're going to plug them in because they were around at the same time. It eh. could have happened. They eh. didn't meet or exchange eh. dialogue at all. Not so yeah, I, 20 I, or 30 or whatever years later, when they actually meet each other in uh, yeah. the end of Rebel Season 1, nothing is taken away. No, no, I get that. I get that. They don't technically meet in this, but the whole, the fact that they were in close proximity to each other, I, I no, sorry. I, I don't need that. I didn't need Caleb Dune in this episode. I that, want all the Caleb Dune That cameos. was gratuitous and unnecessary. To this I'm episode. going to create the Caleb Dune cut of the entire <laughs> prequel trilogy where I just randomly insert that CGI character model in the background <laughs> of every shot. That's a live action movie, but he's animated. He's just going to be sitting on every bench and every seat in the background the entire movie. Um, Funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so but then through as like I said, as, initially they seem kind of cold and distant. But but as the episode progresses, you see what Anakin's really trying to do, and and we then get two big time jumps. One is we jump from roughly season one to was it season three, um, and I think is is this the first indication of why Ahsoka started carrying a second lightsaber? Was that addressed in the story? At all, I honestly can't remember. I haven't, I haven't watched that, Clone Wars in so was, long. That was never addressed in Clone Wars. Okay, because literally, um, and this is outside of canon. Um, between the seasons where Ahsoka has a single lightsaber and she has a double lightsaber, you have 
the Force Unleashed two, mm-hmm. where uh, Star Killer or whatever his name is, that was yep. Name? yep, yeah, uh, has two lightsabers, and he was. They were literally trying to draw an illusion between Star Killer and Ahsoka being Vader's apprentice and Anakin's apprentice. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, but like that's like it was just it just came into that season and boom, she had two because the Force Unleashed had released and he had and it, two. And it looked cool. Yeah, yeah, and it looked cool and 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 they never gave any any kind of in canon explanation for it. Well, I love this one then. Uh, as simple as it is, it's her trying to up her game to pass this test Anakin's laid out for her. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love everything um, about this episode. Yeah. And then we get the final jump, which, I mean, I didn't I didn't think Filoni would hit a, a bigger high note than the way he closed season seven when you have the juxtaposition of Ahsoka coming back and the squad of clones paints their helmets to uh, resemble her, her, her face markings as a sign of respect and kinship. And then the juxtaposition of her seeing them that they've painted their helmets. And then the final time she looks at those helmets is after she's buried all their corpses. Like I didn't think he'd hit a harder, hit a more uh, emotional sucker punch faster, but then he found a way in this episode where we, we've seen her do this practice over and over and over. We have another sudden time jump and it's right there in order 66 with Cody standing behind her. I hope all this practice pays off. Like, yep. oh my god! Yeah. Um. So, personally, and I've, I've, you, you and I have talked about this, and and I've said it before. Like what Filoni has done with the relationship between Vader and and Ahsoka. Fuck Luke Skywalker. I don't even need Luke Skywalker in my damn Star Wars anymore. I care yeah. more about the, the the relationship between Vader and uh, Anakin, Vader, whatever you want to call him, and Ahsoka than I do about uh, uh, Anakin and, and and Luke. I want Luke gone. I don't give two shits about Luke fucking Skywalker. I'm 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 all on the Ahsoka train. Scott, like, I, have, I have I have two counterpoints. Yeah, go ahead. One, you're breaking my heart, and two, <laughs> you're going down a path I can't follow. Fair enough. Uh, but, but yeah, the emotional connection and the storyline between Vader and Ahsoka and Anakin Ahsoka is much greater than anything Luke could have ever. It's what Luke should have been. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. It, but but if only three consecutive hacks hadn't destroyed Luke's character. Yep. Well, two. He wasn't even in the one, so. Anyway, that's me griping. Uh, final episode, episode six, Resolve. Um, starts out cool. We see uh, Ahsoka sneaking into the funeral of Padme, where she meets up with Bail Organa, um, who sneaks through a communicator uh, and gives a really confusing speech to some stormtroopers. <laughs> uh, he's talking to an off-screen hiding Ahsoka. Uh, so the stormtroopers are like, the hell is this guy talking about? Um, and then we immediately jump into uh, Ahsoka replaying the entire first act of Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, um, sorry, <clears throat> Ahsoka <laughs> in hiding, <laughs> working a mundane service job, 
um, until someone discover or someone was about to get hurt and she uses her powers to save someone. And then somebody else sees that and reports it to the empire. And then they come back and there's an inquisitor there. So not at all like the first act of Jedi Fallen Order. Cause she's on a farm. So it's, it's different. Yeah. But isn't, isn't that, isn't that, <laughs> yeah. the, isn't that the beginning of the Ahsoka novel? I've never read the Ahsoka novel, so I know there's some inconsistencies between the novel and this story. You need to read the Ahsoka novel. It's a great... Um, I've heard. I I know there's some other stuff that's come out that's kind of contradicted the novel. I think the novel is still canon, but I think the the way they frame it is, didn't Ahsoka... uh, Isn't Ahsoka written from Ahsoka's point of view? So it might be just her memory of things is different? I don't know. It is, it is, because she's the narrator in the story okay. um but it's the ahsoka novel is where we figure out it, it's it's where we get the canon of what a blooded crystal is and why her lightsabers post white. wars are white yep yeah. um which is still a cool moment i would love to see um how you how you purify crystal um but uh we do get to if you jump to the end because uh, the most of the rest of this episode, I was kind of bored with. Because uh, again, it's we've seen this story, and on the one hand, I got to imagine a lot of Jedi who are in hiding have pretty much the same story. So I can't necessarily fault it, but it's like it's beat for beat. We've already seen this in Fallen Order, and to some degree in in uh, Obi Wan, and people give Obi Wan shit for copying. Fallen Order, so I now have to give Ahsoka, or sorry, Je- Tales of the Jedi, Head Tales of the Jedi, for copying as far as already been done. But all that goes out the window when they come back to the villages in flames. Everyone's been murdered, and the most badass Inquisitor I've ever seen is standing there uh, with that badass dead bird plague mask thing and, and, a, and a red-lined Imperial cape. And as I said earlier, capes are cool. Um, and then voiced by fucking Clancy Brown. Man, the build up to this guy was awesome. And then he goes out like a punk, and I was bored again. So. Yeah. Uh, I really thought that fight would go a little longer. Uh, it kind of gave me uh, uh, Obi Wan versus uh, Darth Maul in Rebels vibes of, oh, that was really short. Uh, but I could kind of work my way around that one. This was just like, okay, wow, the, the, the Inquisitors really do suck. Okay. Um, and, and this Inquisitor looks awesome, and I tried to dig up information about it, and no one knows who this Inquisitor is. Uh, it might be the sixth brother, because that's who she says she fights in the Ahsoka novel, but he's never given a name uh, in, in the credits. He's just the Inquisitor. So... Um, yeah, once again... Wow. It's one of those things where they just leave stuff vague because there's no reason to define it. There, um, there really is no reason to define it because you can tell yeah. future stories if you wish. But uh, we, we do get, uh, I'm assuming, uh, from him, the Inquisitor Saber is is now where she gets her, her crystal or crystals because I don't know if we've established that the Inquisitor Sabers have two kyber crystals because they're they're dual bladed but they're dual bladed spinny i don't know how that works i'm not an engineer no as far as i know as far as i know in the ahsoka novel she gets both of her crystals from the lightsaber of the inquisitor she fights okay well there we go because and, and and i've 
so I've I've gone through the Ahsoka novel twice now. I should go through it again because now I'm curious again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and this is another point for for Jedi Kyber crystals and such. We know that that the, the Jedi Kyber crystals, like whenever they go to um, Ilum, Ilum, or or one of the other sites, Ilum being <laughs> one of the main ones, but there are other sites um, that the crystals call the Jedi through the Force. Yep. In the Ahsoka novel, the Kyber crystals in the Inquisitor's saber are calling to Ahsoka. Like, they've been blooded, but they are mm-hmm. reaching out to Ahsoka. Okay. Interesting. Because so, um, then I, I, I... Does that mean the Inquisitor just did a shitty job of blooding the crystal? And, and if you're exactly. someone like... If you're like Kylo Ren and you're better attuned to the Force, can you fully bleed a crystal so it doesn't have any kind of will of its own anymore? That's that's interesting. Exactly, and and that's that's a that's a question for future future writers because it's not been written or set down. Um, uh, was was that a fault of the blooding of those crystals, or you know, is it or or does it matter? Like, can any blooded crystals still call out through the Force? Or is Ahsoka just that badass? Because she can force boop a saber to a tiger. Why can't she hear a uh, a blooded crystal? That was a that was a very good callback, sir. Thank you. I try. Um, and, and I do want the the music and the shot composition. As brief as it is, the music and shot composition for that fight between her and the Inquisitor is full on Kurosawa samurai movie. And anytime you give me Jedi in a Kurosawa esque samurai setting, you got my money. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, and that's it. That is the end of the show. Uh, for now, anyway. I haven't been told if it's getting a season two or not. So, Oh, you mean that was, that was the end of Tales of the Jedi? Sorry, yeah. That's the end of Head Tales of the Jedi as of the time of this recording. Um, we don't know if we're getting a season two or not. Um, so this is the point where... Um, I am just going to uh, leave it open for if there is a second season. What do we want to see? Well, I'm not going to say anything until Jay talks again. Okay. Jay, gun to your head. They're going to make more Tales of the Jedi. Are there any Jedi you want to see head tales about? No. Okay. What about... Playing devil's advocate. I'm, just, just, I'm, I'm no. over the whole Jedi thing. I really am. Um, what if we do some stuff filling in the background of Tar Vizsla and the Darksaber? Because that could contribute I, to seasons of Mandalorian. If, if you're going to do something and you're going to actually contribute to a story that we don't already know a lot about, then sure. I'm for okay. it. Okay. But as this season was, it didn't contribute anything to me. There was, you guys can, you can make the arguments you want about the little minute details and tiny context things to help fill in gaps that you need filled in. I didn't have any gaps I needed filled in by these episodes. I I knew Ahsoka joins the Rebels. And she's... I know she's on Bail Organa's ship. Like I that's I know that. I know that Count Dooku goes to the dark side and thinks that the Senate is corrupt and that he's fighting his own 
doubting these things. So I didn't really need any of this. This is all just I, like who was asking for this? That's what I really want to know. Who was asking for this stuff? Or was it just Dave Filoni being like, hey, I'm Dave Filoni? Well, except for him trying to out cute baby Yoda with baby Ahsoka, uh, I asked for most of it. But that's, see, I don't understand Sorry. why, though. Like, I don't, you don't need more Jedi. There's our, that's all Star Wars is, is it seems like, is Jedi. And then I finally get a good series. There's no Jedi in it, and everybody dogs on that one. So I'm just I, not like I didn't. I didn't. I guess I'm. Endorphin. I guess I'm in the. I I guess I'm in the minority here. That the way I look at it is, I don't need that many Jedi in my Star Wars stories. I find it more interesting on how this rebellion was built, and well, even well, in building the rebellion in the story of Rebels, they still needed Jedi. And I understand yeah. that. Yeah, you're never going to get away from Jedi, but. I don't need an entire series dedicated to two characters filling in just the most minute little gaps in detail that I already knew the answers to. Okay. Well, we are definitely doing a review of Andor. Uh, I just wanted to give everyone on the show time to watch it. Um, uh, and, and, and Jay, I, I appreciate your opinion. I really do. Uh, I, I think it's nice to have a consenting opinion and, and, and to voice that, uh, Shows are always more interesting when we don't always agree on everything, because otherwise it's just us and go, yeah, that yeah, was awesome, that was cool. We can move on. Um, so thank you for, for actually, providing a counterbalance to me and Scott just being nerds. Thank you. Actually, I think the word you were looking for was dissenting opinion. What did I say? Consenting opinion. Yeah, he totally gave us his consent to air his opinion. Oh. That's what I meant. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, dissenting opinion. Sorry. Um, so, thank you for that, Scott. Uh, any any more Jedi stuff you want to see? I want to see all the Jedi stuff. Or, do you just want to see Tales from Jedi. Sonic with a lightsaber? I want everybody to have a lightsaber. I want everybody to to, to force wield shit. Everybody wow. can constantly just all Jedi everywhere in the galaxy. Just all Jedi. There is no one that's not a Jedi. Wait, I'm sorry. Is that wrong? But if everyone's special, no one will be. <laughs> no, I like now I'm quoting incredible. Like, like, Jay, 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 are you there? Are you there, Jay? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Jay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I I, I sincerely apologize to you. I really do. And I'm gonna do it on air. You know, because you know, I I I I, I got a little yeah, I I I did and, and I'm sorry. Everything I agree with you to the to the effect that yes, we don't need Jedi in everything. I agree with you on that. I I, I do. But this series did hit some like points to me that just stick in my craw from my OCD, like the whole Master Sifo-Dyas thing from Episode Two. Like that's that's pissed me off since I saw the movie. Like, we got through episode three, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my Master Sifo-Dyas? I, mean, I have no clue. And when I saw episode two, I'm like, where the fuck is Yaddle? Why is she not there anymore? You can't tease us with Yaddle and then not give us... So I like the little the little gaps. I do disagree with you that some things 
didn't need to be because like I I like the Dooku um uh Qui-Gon stuff. I do like that. I'm fine because it's more character development. And, and and I like it. It gives us more reason why why they did what they did. I I would like to see a whole series on Qui-Gon uh uh Dooku. You know, we don't we don't have to, you know, tie it into the greater good. Just just give us that series. I'd be fine with the series. That doesn't bother me. Um I, I will agree with you like when it comes to like like Mando. Like I love Mando for what it is. Did I think we needed the Luke Skywalker stuff in uh, uh Book of Boba Fett? Like, no. I don't think we did. Just give us Boba Fett shit. Um whether we like it or not, we don't we don't have to tie back into the Jedi on that. Uh, does that mean I don't want to see more Ahsoka? Does that mean I want to see more Jedi? No, I still like the Jedi. Uh, I agree, not everything has to revolve around it, but when something does, it just it, it's just it just does. Like um, in like Rebels, I still think Rebels is the greatest Star Wars we've gotten since the original trilogy. Um. Even even better than the prequels and the sequels, uh, I I think it's the original trilogy, uh, actually episodes five and six more than four, um, but then Rebels, like I love it, and and I think that uh, um, Kanan's exit from that series, in 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 that when when his character finally you can you can spoil a show that's been done for five years, it's okay. Yeah, when when Kanan dies in Rebels. Whoa! What? <laughs> Sorry, I that had to. was that <laughs> was beautiful. That was gorgeous storytelling at its height. That was and an doesn't emotional... it make his his yeah. last stand that more emotional now that you know that at one point as a Padawan he saw Soka take a no. test against the lightsaber drone? No, and I mean and... it just no. so much insight. And, and in fact, I I. I adamantly and and I've disagreed. I don't uh, uh, Caleb Dune, Kanan Jarrus, whatever you want to call him, did not need to be in that episode. We did not have to say, "Hey, Kanan Jarrus from this other series, he was here at this time." Ha ha! ha. We didn't need that. Hashtag release the Kanan cut. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Jay, I'm sorry, Jay. JD, forgive me. I love you, Jay. Yeah, I forgive you. That's not just a bourbon talking. He really means it. Uh, Any specific Jedis you want to see tales of, Scott? Jason? Anybody? Like I said, I I still am waiting for some information on Tar Vizsla. Yeah, Tar Vizsla. Other than... Other than he was a Mandalorian Jedi who made the Darksaber and he died at some point. That's pretty much all we know. Yeah, I would love to see that story. I would also love to see the story of the Jedi that stole the Darksaber from the Jedi Temple. That's the You mean story the Mandalorians that stole the, the Darksaber from the Jedi Temple? Wait, what did I say? You said the Jedi who stole the Darksaber from the Jedi Temple. Did you mean the Mandalorians who stole the Darksaber? No, now I stand by what I said. It's a okay, rogue okay, Jedi okay. Group. It was a All rogue right. Jedi suborder. Master Sifo <laughs> He wasn't really dead. 
Yeah. Uh, I get it. Um, I would like to see. Um, oh shit! I lost it now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Tar Vizsla would be a great story to see. But um, so one thing as far as Tales of the Jedi, if we were going to get a second Tales of the Jedi, okay. Um, first of all, the first season did a, in my opinion, did a decent job of kind of filling in some gaps, just telling us a nice little story, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, uh, of filling in some gaps and things that we know. I would like to see Tales of Jedi explore stories that we've never heard before. And I would like to see brought back into canon because we know that they've been cherry picking uh, stories and characters from the old EU, you know, since it was decanonized. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. And I get it. That's cool. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I would like to see the character of Joris Kaboeth come back. He, he was a, he was a, a, a cloned failed Jedi who was in the service of the emperor and, and helped, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, during his uh, uh, his his bid for control after the Empire fell, that I think would be a good thing to bring back. I really want to see, and so both of my things will probably be better done as their own series. But number one, um, High Republic. The books are great. The comics are fun. Give us a series. Um. Because that that time period is awesome, and I am all about exploring more of it. Um, give it to us in cartoon form. Uh, and number two, uh, to hit home some of the point that Scott has made, Dave Filoni. Look, we get it. Ahsoka's your baby. You created her. You stuck with her when all the fans said she was terrible and the worst thing that ever happened to Star Wars since Jar Jar. And through years, decades, you've developed that character into uh, an amazing character. You've proven all the haters wrong. Um, but you don't need to insert her into every major era of Star Wars and um, maybe give some of your amazing storytelling effort behind some lesser serviced characters like, let me think, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Do some stuff with that guy. Uh, Make him feel important again. That'd be cool. Nope. Just just throwing that out there. Nope. For Luke Skywalker. And I'm I'm not even going to put on my tinfoil hat and get all conspiracy theory about the reason we don't see Luke ever anymore is because um, certain people, Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy, uh, behind Lucasfilm don't want Luke to be the focus of the, of the, the franchise anymore because um, wokeness. I won't even get into that. I won't even mention that. Oh, wait, shit. <laughs> uh, no, Dave Filoni is such a great storyteller. I get he's going to he wants to keep going back to Ahsoka because <clears throat> it's his baby. I, I, I understand that desire. But he's so great. Um, and uh, Rebels was not necessarily something he wanted to do. It was sort of a mandate when Disney took over. It's, hey, we're done with Clone Wars. Give us a new show. But even under those constraints of we want a new show and we want it sort of adjacent to the original trilogy timeline, he gave us fucking Rebels, man. Like like Scott said, one of the greatest Star Wars things since the OG trilogy. So I'd love to see him take some bigger swings. Um, and and tell use turn his storytelling masterness uh, to some other characters besides just Ahsoka all the time. Maybe when he's done with Ahsoka, having her entire series alter herself, uh, he'll he'll have gotten some of that out of his system. Probably not, but we'll see. That's what I got. 
Okay, then. Uh, any other thoughts, feelings, opinions, questions uh, concerning Head Tales of the Jedi? All right, we're done then. So thanks for listening to this uh, Thanksgiving Day edition uh, because you just watched a family for coral uh, and drink and then make up. So just like Thanksgiving. Hey, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. What did you think of Tales of the Jedi? Are you with Jay? You don't even see the point and screw it. You're done with Jedi. You're, you're tired of hearing seeing lightsabers and shit and give me some Star Wars stuff that doesn't revolve around Jedi. Let us know about that. There are Jedi you feel need some more time in the spotlight and you want to see them featured on future episodes. Let us know about that. However you feel, we want to hear what you feel. Um, and do you have any other cool stories about Australians fighting emus? Scott is dying to know. Um, please send those in first. Until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.